In the midst of rising 97 degree plus temperatures in the end of May and the aftermath of killer tornadoes in our state, we need some good news. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and congratulations. Welcome to our podcast of June the 1st, 2011. And if you're wondering why we're saying congratulations to our announcer, she's just gotten engaged to be married. I know. We are so happy about that. That's our first good news, isn't it? We... Um, we wanted to share that she is engaged to a wonderful young man named Eli, and we hope that they are um, going to be very happy. They're actually coming for a visit to Alabama in a couple of months, in about a little over a month, actually. So um, maybe we'll get them on air with one of the podcasts. Oh, that would be wonderful if we could get both Adrian and Eli to join us on one of the podcasts. That would be fun. We'll look forward to that. That'll be in uh, early July somewhere, probably right after the 4th or something like that. Well, what we decided it would be fun today, because it grows out of the good news about Adrian, as well as a couple of other pieces of good news, is that we would just confine our discussion today to good news. Yeah. If it's not good news, we're not talking about That's it today. Right. Like the <laughs> Wicked Witch of the West on The Wiz who said, don't nobody bring me no bad news. <laughs> and I love that character. She's uh, That's my philosophy sometimes. <laughs> so aside from Adrian's engagement, which truly is good news, um, we do have several pieces of good news to report about what's going on here at Longleaf Breeze. Um, you mentioned that the temperatures are soaring, and they are. And it has been very dry. Yes. But the first piece of good news is that the drip irrigation we installed last year and that we installed this year in the orchard appears to be doing its job well. Yeah, and that's, that is making a tremendous difference over last year's uh, production because I remember the, the blackberries, the nine thornless blackberries that I planted out in Veg Hill last year almost died with the drought and the heat. And now, even though it, for, for eight of those plants, it was like starting over. They, they did survive by the hardest. They're very small this year, but one Natchez blackberry is doing great. It's put out, it's, it's, it's um, trailing, and we have it um, trellised. And it's producing blackberries that we're having in our cereal every morning. And it's and wonderful. It's, um, deceptive. You would not expect this to be the case. Counterintuitive, I guess, is the word I was looking for. The Natchez blackberry, the one that's producing the best, is the one that gets the least full sun. Yeah. And blackberries like full sun. So I thought. Your theory on, on as to the explanation is that it was it didn't dry out as much as the others right. did in the it drought, mm -hmm. and as a result, its roots continued to grow when the others nearly died. Yeah, yeah. And as a result, it's farther along. So we certainly hope that by this time next year, the others will be far along as well. Not to mention the new ones that we planted this past winter. Are doing well. We have several Kiowa blackberries, and we have some um, Natchez. We have some, um, what's that? Um, 
Oh, there's Apache. Well, yeah, and there's another Indian name, but anyway. Arapaho. No. Oh, shoot. We'll think of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll think of it. And I'll put it on the show notes. Page. I do have a Rappahoe. Washita. 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 And um, they're all doing well. We don't have a whole lot of berries, but didn't expect to. No, it's the first year yeah. for those plants. But we do have a few. Uh-huh. Uh, so far, the berries we have harvested have not been particularly sweet. So I'm a little nervous, but I'm not going to get too concerned about that. I mean, and the that ones... was not good news. I need to be careful about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Now, the ones I've harvested, don't you think the ones, the Natchez ones? If yes. We, when we they let taste them, good. When we let them get fully ripe. It's we've little, learned. Yeah. yeah. Another yeah. piece of good news is that we've learned when to harvest those blackberries. They look black and deep, and you say, okay, that's ready, and you pick it. Well, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. If you... It, when it's ripe, it almost falls off into your hand. Yeah, it comes off the stem very easily. If you have to tug at it, it's not ready. And I've noticed that the the attachment right above this, uh, yeah, it's part of the stem, I guess, begins to turn uh, brown. If it's still green, it's probably not ready to let go. Good. So, so that's, a, that's a visual cue mm-hmm. before you even yeah. touch it. And the same thing, you know, the blueberries are, are ripening, uh, the early ones are. And those, too, if they come off the stem easily and they're big and pl- Of course, visually, you look at them, they have a certain <clears throat> dark look. They have that um, kind of a cloudiness or, or um, a little powdery, powdery look, look on the outside. Um, when they're is, ripe. These are not powder blue. These are no. regular like Climax and Premier, but mm-hmm. they do get a little powdery looking when they are ripe. But I think you you called it the most important cue we have to mm-hmm. the blueberries being ripe is that they come off real easily. Yeah. And some good news I have to report is that you were sweet enough to pick some of fresh off the plants for me this morning, and I had them with my cereal plump and juicy and sweet that were so good so i'm very pleased these are our second year blueberry plants correct these are doing well and uh as instructed by master gardener we were careful to not allow the new blueberries to bear this for this year. year yeah we picked all of the flowers off and there were a few berries that made it through and we picked them off uh, we're just going to focus on growing the skeleton this year on the new blueberries. But the second-year blueberries, we feel totally comfortable oh, letting yeah. them bear and enjoying the, enjoying the fruit. And, of course, we hope that as each year goes by, we'll have more fruit to show because, of course, the bushes get bigger and yeah. be, begin bearing more. Let's talk peaches. Oh, well, we have promise of peaches. They are, you know, it is June now, and those are June gold so I'm hopeful that sometime this month they will be ripe and ready for picking. They are tiny peaches, and yeah. every indication we have is that they're not going to get much bigger than that. Yeah. So it's going to be mostly uh, pit. <laughs> yeah, they're tiny but, little things, but hey, I'll take it. That's <laughs> right. We're not complaining. We're just delighted that uh, the June goals are bearing this soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's talk about figs. Yeah. I will begin with the bad news, which uh, is... Uh, that, well, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, uh, it, I, I think the good news requires understanding the bad news. Good. It puts it in context. So yes. go. You the are bad permitted. news is that all three of last year's figs died back to the ground as through the winter. Yes. And we were uh, nervous and thought we may have lost them. But as it turned out, all three are now producing leaves. And mm-hmm. um, you know, and one of them is already setting fruit. The brown turkey mm-hmm. has uh, mm-hmm. 
three or four figs already on it. So uh, we feel good about that. The last one to sh to branch out was the Celeste, which we got nervous about. We thought surely we had lost it, but um, then eventually we yeah. saw a few leaves. And right, and I think we've learned that we just need to cover those plants up with, you know, Pine, pine straw, straw or hay or, or something. some kind of covering when it's going to be really cold. And that's through the, the coldest part of the winter. Right. That's when we probably need to do that. They're not going to get any sun anyway. They're not going to have much activity above the ground, so it's mm -hmm. not a big problem to cover them in pine straw or hay. And they do need that protection from the winter, we've yeah. learned. Yeah, yeah. And then what about the Papa John figs? Ah, yeah, I forgot about the Papa John's. We have Papa two of Johns. those. Uh, up on row 16, which is immediately south of the lodge site, we have six figs, two Papa John's, two LSU Blacks, two O'Rourke's. And the two Papa John's are in, here in their first year already bearing fruit. I think we've got about three or four on each one of those two Papa John figs. Oh, nice. Dishes. So Exciting. it's just delightful to I see know, that happen. I love figs. Yeah, so, and also I think another bit of good news is how much you've done with the mulching out in the orchard. The uh, orchard proper, which is like the main area to the east of the driveway, is all mulched now, which feels great to me. It's been heavy on me yeah. that I needed to get out there and get that finished. And I did not try to put down any newspaper. I didn't try to put any vinegar on it to kill the weeds. Mm -hmm. I just put hay right on top of the weeds. I may come to regret that, but that's what I could get done quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and have done so. So now we have all of that heavily mulched. And yesterday I got out and buried the drip hose between each fig bush out of, up on row 16. And, and the three pomegranates, right? No, I didn't try to bury oh. it between the pomegranates because they're so close. I see. Um, I just buried it between each of the figs, and th now I'll come back with hay around each fig, and I'll create a continuous line of mulch okay. um, for the three pomegranates. That will help a lot, yeah. And then, then all the main orchard trees will be mulched. Yes, except the blueberries. We'll still need to, ref to refresh. Freshen yeah, they've had the, some mulch, the but the weeds, weeds are coming up through those. That's right. Yeah, it's time to uh, pull some weeds and freshen the mulch and so mm -hmm. forth. And uh, I don't. I, I already know because I've. I noticed when I was putting mulch down on those pear trees that mm -hmm. used to be old orchard and now are on a trellis. Yeah, freshening up the mulch. Doesn't take much time at all. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty fast. So I feel good about that. And I feel good about all of it going forward. I think once we get mm -hmm. the main burden of it done, freshening up the mulch periodically is going to be pretty easy to good. do. Good. That's good to know. And then I know that you've been, uh, you brought the firewood pallets off the lodge site too, and right? You brought some firewood to put under cover. We're trying to figure out what to do with these things. We have a lot <laughs> have, of firewood. We have a lot of firewood, yeah. That could be good news. Um, <laughs> we have um, four, eight pallets or two full cords of firewood under the pole barn roof, which is way more than we expect we will need next winter. And the reason I did that is that I had a little space in the barn, and it's I'm having trouble figuring out space anywhere else. Yeah. 
So, because uh, we're about to build on the lodge site, can't keep using the lodge site as a staging area. Another bit of the, good news, yay! Yeah, we're that about is to build. good news. <laughs> the, the the good news is that we are poised and ready to build the lodge site and uh, build build the lodge, and we will be talking more about that in the days to come. I'm sure because that's going to be a pretty big deal in our lives. Um, but now I'm struggling with you know where to put the other firewood pallets we'll have four once we fill up the um i guess it'd be six seven and eight that are empty right now mm-hmm. we need to fill them with split firewood so they can be um airing out and i'm not quite sure where we're going to put them but we'll figure out yeah someplace. we'll figure something out and we have a lot more wood down that we need to split so i guess if we want to cast this as good news we have lots of firewood we won't run out i don't think <laughs> yeah we need to find somebody who needs some firewood and give it to them don't we yeah because yeah. we, we really have more firewood than we can ever hope to well you know one thing that occurs soon. to me is maybe i don't know how many people have fireplaces in the but the people who were devastated by the tornadoes of course they probably have a lot of firewood because they've done a lot of you know cutting down True. of trees so that may not be a need but anyway we will try to look around for that need yeah uh, talk about the muscadines out on Veg Hill. Oh, they look beautiful. They, these are the muscadines that were planted last year. There are four of them, and they're trellised. But we can already see little tiny muscadines forming, um, and they're just... And plenty of them. Plenty of them. I think we will have plenty of muscadines, you know, the the, the cultivated type, not wild. We've had wild ones before. <laughs> plenty of cultivated muscadines. Which is probably a good time for me to laugh at our cousins, laugh the at Edwards, us. No, I laughing don't... at us. Yeah, la- we laugh at ourselves, really. Um, about they're having a good time seeing us grow muscadines on purpose. Going to a lot of trouble to... <laughs> Buy and plant muscadines. In in Troy, where the Edwards live, muscadines grow wild, and they're always cutting them back, trying to get rid of them. But what we've tried to explain to them and what we understand is that the muscadines we're growing, cultivating, as you put it, are a little different breed from what grows wild. Mm-hmm. They're large and sweet and juicy. At least we hope these will be. And we hope they will be. That's right. <laughs> well, um... Let's talk about the tomatoes. That's another bit of good news. My, All of those tomato plants, did we ever count how many I have? No, I haven't. I've it's been kind. It's a long row <laughs> of tomatoes. We have a lot of tomatoes. But most of the plants. As my brother Ruffin put it, all you need is one bad year, and then you'll be over-planting tomatoes from yeah. then on. And we yeah. had one bad year last year, so I guess we're over Overplanting. We're yeah, I'm, I'm responding. But they are... Um, most of the plants have some tomatoes forming on them at various stages of development. I uh, haven't gotten to the point that there's a lot of ripeness yet. Um, I've pulled a few. We've eaten some of the cherry tomatoes that are really good on salad. But I think within a week or two, we're going to have uh, a, an abundance of ripe tomatoes. Excellent. I hope so. Yeah, and, and uh, what another piece of good news is what we have not yet seen on the tomatoes. Not on the tomatoes, hornworms, and I am knocking on wood as you say that. <laughs> I really don't want to see one. We had seen one uh, hornworm on a banana pepper. I got it off and killed it. I check those daily, and um, so and I will continue to. I'm not going to be. 
and they are um, sneaky little devils. They yeah. you you can walk right past a hornworm, look straight at it, and not notice it because they fade mm-hmm. right into the tomato. But what I will start noticing is damage to the plant if they're there. So right. um, I, I'm keeping an eye on that. And speaking of, of the banana peppers, they are going crazy. They look really good. They right really now. do. They're they're doing well. And the eggplant that was eaten fairly completely so early on is still looking good. It's yeah, yeah, very similar to what they did last year, as I mentioned. That the the um, flea beetles, obviously, are I think that's our pest, uh, are eating small holes in the leaves. But somehow the plant, if it's a good healthy plant just keeps growing and overcomes it and, and flowers. And most of those eggplants are flowering right now. Yeah. So we're so hopeful. And those beans. Oh. Need to talk about beans. Yeah, I've got a whole <laughs> row, 140 feet long, but you think it's really, too, oh, because it's 280 feet because I've planted on either side of the trellis. Correct. So, yeah, uh, that is sort of 280 feet of beans. <laughs> but um, that... <laughs> I have li- various types of lima beans or butter beans, if you will, and I have the rest of the way with different kinds of pole beans. I'd say about a third limas and two-thirds pole, and the poles are Kentucky Wonder, Blue Lake, and most of them are rattlesnake beans. So, so we should have an abundance of beans yes, this year. The pl- because the plants have germinated really well and are looking healthy, so... Uh, and and the trellis is already up, so all we have to do is hope that they find them, find the trellis okay when the time comes, or I might have to And help I'm sure them. you will help them I will find help it. them if they need it. Um, and I think that's one thing we did better this year than we did last year, which is we waited until those beans had started getting all floppy and looking around for a place to, yes. to attach to something. This year the trellis was there long before the plants were, mm-hmm. and I think that will be yeah. good. And, and here's a piece of good news. The... Uh, uh, right the row ni- next to it, I have some uh, black-eyed peas that are coming up really nicely. Yeah. And at the risk of it being bad news, I need some more trellis put up. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> sounds like you. good news that mm-hmm. may be dressed as bad news yeah. for me because it needs a little work, yeah. but that's a good reason to work. But it's probably a good time to go ahead and do it because those, as we said for the beans, putting that trellis up before you have floppy plants all over the place will be much easier and then hopefully those black-eyed peas just as the beans will will go right to the trellis that's what we're hoping anyway yeah (laughs) uh two little throwaway pieces of good news one is that we now have both of my ham radios the handheld and the base unit set for the frequencies that i really use on a regular basis and they scan those frequencies so um that's working smoothly and um, the other good news is about Adi, our Springer Spaniel. He's he responding doing, well to training. Yeah, he's he is making progress at a at a steady clip. Thanks to your working with him. Meal time is a little more pleasant now, and yeah. getting more pleasant. We're not quite there, but we're making good progress. And uh, he's lying here at our feet as we record the podcast, and we're grateful for his company. He's a good dog. Well, that was the good news from here on the 1st of June. Tune in next week, and we'll have all sorts of terrible things to tell you, no doubt. But uh, we thought it might be fun to just talk good news. So have a good week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 
Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.